What's going on, Radio Free Van listeners, and welcome to episode 126 of Radio Free Van, a gaming podcast. <laughs> I always, <laughs> I want to say Dust podcast, a Dust 1947 podcast, and then like I correct myself, it's like, no, it's a Horse Heresy podcast. It's like, no, no, it's not. It is a gaming <laughs> podcast. Try again. And that is what that little pregnant pause, that pregnant pause is right there that I have to go through. You would think by this point I would be long long like aware of what kind of podcast we are but i'm not but anyway my name is michael i got my co-host derek here gonna say what's going on derek how's it hanging fellas also got powerful scott gonna say what's going on scott happy new year fucks and of course powerful just got a haircut ryan kimmel it was actually a couple days ago but yeah hello (laughs) (laughs) it looks very very clean it's like a, the most utili- utilitarian haircut I've ever seen, but very functional and very smooth. Like I, uh, I don't think that they had to take the guard off at all, and <laughs> it was a very, it's very pragmatic without sacrificing without sacrificing aesthetic. Exactly. You could join up with the uh, Starship Troopers tonight if you wanted. Yeah, that's kind of the look I'm going for, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> So anyway, we got a great episode for you guys. We're going to do our normal uh, hobby progress followed up by emails jazz that we do and uh, see how everybody's doing. We're going to check in on everybody. It's been a couple weeks now. We didn't we didn't record last week, so it's been a hot minute. I feel like uh, some things some things have happened that we need to we need to discuss. We need to build up on. So who wants to start on their hobby progress? Who wants to go? I guess I'll go ahead and knock mine out. Go ahead. Been, uh, cleaning up my hobby space, trying to get back into the swing after after the holidays. Really haven't. It's not that I hadn't had time to sit down and do it. I just hadn't had the energy to like continue with my hobby. So I've been getting back into that, picking up where I've left off on my Night Lords, knocked out the last of my jump infantry. So all I've got left is that Fire Raptor, which I got the I got some epoxy resin, like a two part, I guess adhesive some jb weld something like that and it's actually been doing fantastic for getting it back in shape like uh the parts i was talking about that just kind of fell off i guess yeah they're all back i can't even see the seams anymore i got like the jb weld quick weld i think it's called it's just two little bottles i uh i got to use jb weld last week on my project jeep and that was the first time i ever used jb weld not related to warhammer and my dad was actually surprised that I had JB Weld. There you go. <laughs> He's like, "What? You have JB Weld?" It's like, "Yeah, for what? What my, do you think? My models, <laughs> my my little plastic men, my plastic models for their little." Are his eyes still rolling? <laughs> <laughs> they went as far back in his head as possible, so Rolled all the way down the street. <laughs> so yeah. So what else, man? Uh, honestly, I've been thinking about using that to fill a couple gaps left on it. Just because it's, I think it was easier to work with than some of the some of the putties I've used. But yeah, just need to get that polished off and get to painting it, and that'd be three thousand points with options of my Night Lords, and then just gotta knock out like a display board or something for it. I don't know if I talked about this, but I picked up a uh, like a magnetic dry erase board and some cork tiles I was gonna throw on there. You did not mention that. Cool. Well, so I picked up a magnetic dry erase board and some cork <laughs> tiles to throw on it, and 
I was gonna like cut some holes in it for the for my mouse to fit in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, some some. So you're gonna make like a magnetic display board. Yeah. And the the cork tiles are gonna be like one giant display board. That's the idea, at least. Have a nice shelf display for it, and just throw it up on my shelf, or if I need to drag it somewhere, it's got one cohesive piece with everything stuck to it. Did you guys? Uh, did you guys? I don't know. Like we weren't doing the podcast yet. I think it was a 2016 Adepticon when uh, Josh decided to, um, I guess commission a. Before Adepticon happened, and he commissioned a display board from this dude, and like at Adepticon, this dude just like drops off his display board. He's like, "Here you go," and we're all like, we all had agreed. It's like, okay, well, we're just not gonna do display boards. We're just gonna go and like. Then Josh just like shows up with a display board. We're like, what the fuck? Where the fuck did you get a display board? He's like, oh yeah. It's like you remember that guy we met at that event? It's like, yeah, he did a display board for me. And it's like, what? What? How much? He's like, oh, it was nothing. It was like thirty bucks. And we're like, what? He painted it and everything. And Josh was like, yeah. We're like, what? He's, he's like, he like tells us like, yeah, I would have done more if y'all wanted me to. <laughs> we're like, what? Yeah, the y'all, fuck? Did, y'all didn't win in on this. It's like, what the fuck did you tell us that you were doing display boards? <laughs> he's like, I, he's like, I didn't want him to get started on y'all's and not finish mine. Like that was his exact <laughs> excuse for not telling us that he was getting a display board made. The sneakiest <laughs> thing that man's ever done. But damn, I got mine. I hope y'all got yours. <laughs> <laughs> for real. <laughs> That whole time, because we were like doing the build up, like the road to Adepticon cast and all that shit. It's like he didn't mention one time he was getting a display board fucking custom made. It's the first time I heard you guys talk. You were on Eye of Horus. And I listened to you guys on the way up to Adepticon that year and then met you at Adepticon. <laughs> that was a very, very interesting, interesting conversation. Because it was me and Josh and we were sitting there. Like, what do we bring up? I was like, cause like we were literally like, do we ask about like Australian stuff or like, what do we, and Josh is like, yeah, well, don't I'm bring really it up. Bad. He's like, don't, <laughs> don't bring it up unless he brings it up. And then <laughs> as, as soon as Tim comes on, he's like, all right, so I got a whole bunch of Texas questions for you. As I'm sure you have a whole bunch of Australian questions for me. I was like, Oh, thank God. <laughs> I was like, Oh, he knew like, that's when I found out Tim knew a shitload about, uh, about Texas history. And all I knew about Australia was everything I learned from uh, Quigley Goes Down Under. So, <laughs> Tom it's the important bits. Yeah. So, so Quigley saved all the Aborigines, and we. <laughs> that's that's about as far as I got. Prison colony, Quigley, and then present modern day. Mo- present day. Forty-two Wallaby Way, Sydney. <laughs> Steve Irwin, and yeah. Uh, so anyway, I don't know how we segued back into that, but yeah, your display board. Yeah, the only thing is uh, I've got three dread claws, uh, lightning, and a fire raptor to fit on there somehow. I don't know how that's gonna work. Don't ask because I don't know. Mm, I don't no, know if I'm just gonna pick up some extra flight stands and mount the flight stands straight to the board and have the bases separate. I don't know. That's I'm what I did on my that. display board. Yeah, I'm thinking that's gonna be the most efficient way to do it because I don't know how I'm gonna magnetize the like legs on the dread claw or anything like that to stick to the board. But yeah, that's pretty much been me trying to get back at 
all of my projects in the order in which I started working on them. Giggity. Who else? Who else wants to talk about what they've worked on? Go for it, Scott. First off, real quick, hey, Ryan, man. Hand. Um, what do you what? What's what are you working this? on right there? This? Yeah. Oh, it's legs. Okay, never mind. Yeah. Okay, go ahead, Scott. Sorry. Dude, painting nonstop. I've painted a lot of shit. So I started on my uh, fourth alliance guards for my for Battletech, and um, it's a it's color scheme where it's like a almost like a night lord's blue, like just a darker. And there's gold accents, so you have to paint like a little bit of gold on the on the miniature as well. But I didn't want to do it with um like standard true metal so much because it's it's like gold painted on the armor so i want to make sure it looked painted on so i bought like a wet palette and stuff blend that shit in it's uh it's a lot of fun but it's very very time consuming so been working on that and then i got in some um i got in a like a jeopard what it is is it is a very very similar to a leopard in the Battletech game. So I got that drop ship in and that's gonna be like, like my drop ship for this army. And uh not that I'd think I'll ever play with that. I just wanted it because I'm fucking a giant spoiled child and I need shit like this. <laughs> but uh so I'm I'm working on painting that up and putting the streaks on right now. Like how uh how airplanes will get, you know, the streaks along their rivets and stuff, doing that with the oil paints and coming along pretty good so that's just me, real man. quick scott is that a 3d printed leopard jeopard yes yeah it is so uh i don't know i don't know what kind of it comes in about like six pieces so it's not super hard to put together or anything but it is 3d printed and uh hardware studios does this one too they do it all all in-house so um i think some of their stuff they had out to shape ways, but Uh-oh. from what I understand, they put an announcement up pretty recently where they're going to be moving everything in house, so they have like tight control kind of shit. So, so like it sounds like Scott, like you've you've actually. Uh, hey Ryan, did they freeze for you? Sent. No, that's you. You're the one that's messing up. Okay, sorry. Yeah. No, it's uh, not your fault. I was, I was wondering, Scott, so so you've spent at this point quite a bit in 3D printed models. Like like in no problem. Like you're you're buying these 3D printed models, no problem. You've like understood the quality they're gonna like shit out and all that jazz. Like have you considered just taking the dive and getting uh, yourself maybe. an ender? My thing is is I'm buying a house pretty soon and i'm therefore gonna have to move and that's a lot of money obviously so i'm kind of waiting on that once i do get moved though i think plan is i'm going to take that class brian's having with uh john stanford and i'm going to learn how to do the like the smaller scale mechs like our six millimeter ones and i you do that what a resin printer something like that sla would be the best way to do those so there we go i'm gonna learn how to do that and uh i'll buy a printer too 
facilitate that after that class, I imagine. Gotcha. I, yeah, I was just curious. What about you, Ryan? What you been working on, man? So I've been getting pretty damn good at 3D printing. I'm going to pat myself on the back and say the last couple mechs I've put out of pretty fucking baller. The Archer I did for Chris Duncan and the Marauder I did for Trooper Mike. I mean, I think you could literally pop the supports off and then clean up a little stuff with the hobby knife, like the little strings and whatever, and throw a, a coat of primer on them. And I don't think you're going to see any lines. I think it's going to look like painted resin without even sanding it or doing nothing to it. Nice. Dig it. Dude, that's one thing I love about 3D printed shit is it's generally easier to put shit together. And I fucking hate assembling things. So it's always like a really inconvenient pain in my ass when I have to put shit together. So. So currently, I think I've printed, I think like 17 of these 160th scale mechs. Doing it right. Um, and I've also, I've gotten pretty slick at, uh, with the help of uh, David Marquis, he's helped me like troubleshoot problems. And then like, because you'll run into something and it's print in a certain way, you know, it'll look weird in its own unique way. You're like, why is it doing this all of a sudden? So then I'll hit him up and send him a picture and he's like, Oh, we'll check this or check this, or this could be it. Or I'll look up a YouTube video or whatever. And you'll find the problem. And you do that enough, you know, on different things, like maybe your print will shift or your print will have real heavy lines in it. And then when you get like, it comes off the plate, it's like super fucking fragile or whatever. Or you'll get extra stringing, or there's a million other things that you can get in a print. Um, I can now look at that and go, like, even while it's printing, I can look at it and go, oh, well, this is starting to happen. Like, I need to, after this print, I need to change the nozzle. Or after this print, I need to change these belts. Or I need to pause the print right now and clean the rollers off, or whatever. And then I've also learned, like, there's certain things you can't do. You can't pause the print and then do it, because then it'll fuck your print up, because it throws things off. I've learned that. Um, and I've kind of I've written, basically, myself a pre-print checklist that now I run through before I print anything, like, when I start fresh. And I've, I've cut my failures way, 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 way down. I've never made a list for myself that I also follow. <laughs> Maybe a recipe. Maybe that's maybe it's a recipe for printing. It's yeah. Just how efficient you are. But I wanted to make a checklist so that I can, you know, because we're gonna have this class coming up and we're gonna do one for uh, War Games Camp as well. And then that way, people who want to get into three D printing, they literally have a print off. It's almost like a pre flight checklist. If you're a pilot, you go down through it and you check it, and it should prevent most of your problems you're going to have. The other thing I've done is I've already, I've already changed a wheel. I've changed several nozzles. I've changed a whole hot end. I've changed, uh, the Bowden tubes on a bunch of them. I've changed fittings on a bunch of them. Some of it was just like to do it. Like people were like, Oh, you can upgrade it this way. Some of it was, there was legit problems and I was troubleshooting. I was changing things, but through doing all that, 
you it's pretty neat to do certain things and then see how the print quality improves or doesn't improve or it fixes whatever problems or whatever. Yeah, I had to replace a hot end. It's a uh, my only because mine formed that big ass blob around it. Yeah, and it's a uh, it's actually I mean when you really break it down it's pretty fucking it's pretty simple. Easy. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> easy. It's not hard. Um, so I've been really you know doing that printing mechs and doing that and then um I so I bought tickets to I don't know if we talked about this on here or not I'm going to Lincoln we talked about that I think last episode. Yeah. So I ordered all the stuff that I need. Did I talk about that? Yes. Okay. So all that stuff's on its way. So I got bases from Dragonforge. I got some shoulder pads from Pop Goes the Monkey. And then um, got all my models in from my recaster of choice. And um, yeah, so I got all that. Uh, either, either it's on its way. Getting that ready for my black shields. I'm going to take black shields to Lincoln. Dig it, dude. So it's going to be um, a Centurion event, but it's sort of modified. Like you can have one tank, and there's some other rules. I didn't take a tank. My black shields are built to be like a uh, orbital boarding. Like everything has to fit in a Dreadclaw uh, or a Castus or a storm eagle or something where you could board other ships or, or uh, land on a planet and get off the planet really quick. Kind of you're under your own power. So it's all like things that basically have the deep strike rule or will fit into a model with deep strike. So like land speeders, jet bikes, infantry that will go in dread claws, uh, stuff like that. Dreadnought. Cause it'll go in a dread claw. So as tempted as I was, to take a Scorpius for my one tank, <laughs> I didn't do it. So I'm gonna be a little bit maybe at disadvantage. I don't know. I'm not too worried about it. No joke. That's uh. I think it'll be fine. I think uh, strength ten power fist will will carry you through the day. Yeah. Yeah. Just fine. <laughs> Your dudes are a little slow though. So I wish I could have taken like a Xiphon instead of a tank. I mean, uh, I get a hundred percent why limited flyers. I'm not like lamenting the rules. Um, I wouldn't have abused them. I don't think taking a Xiphon is abusive in um, Centurion. If you're going to allow one vehicle, that being said, I, I get it, you know, cause if you don't, then here comes, you know, somebody with a, fucking fire raptor or something that's a little bit more abusive for centurion yeah fire raptor would be pretty beat stick in a centurion match i feel like yeah gotta bring my fire raptor because my opponents bring the fire raptor (laughs) and then it's just like (laughs) fucking upscaling from there and everybody's just taking everything yeah so you might as well just be playing regular games at that point Um, just arm rate arms race at that point yeah, I'm not even real sure about the the zero to one tank thing. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you heard the the noise. That was my Xbox turning on because uh, Beasley decides that she wants to get as close <laughs> as possible to it. 
and she uh, <laughs> turns it on and off because she's trying to butt up against it to get the heat. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. Why don't you just get her a little space heater it. so she'll stay off all your appliances? She has them. She has two of them. <laughs> <laughs> she's got a heat lamp, too. They're over there. <laughs> They're not near me, so it's got to... She's like, nah, I'll be over here. Gotcha. She don't care. So the other thing I've been... The barn, uh, all the exterior's done now uh, on the barn, which is pretty baller, except for the garage doors. And I guess, hopefully, the electrician shows up next week, and I already bought all the insulation. Me and Emily are going to do the insulation ourselves uh, whenever the electrical's done. So as soon as that electrician gets done, we'll probably do, we can get the insulation done in a day or two. And then all that's left is finishing the inside. Like, you know, whatever. We decide to go with metal or drywall or whatever. And it's just one big room. So I can't imagine whoever does it taking it more than a couple days. <laughs> and that's what you say. <laughs> I know. It's getting them to fucking show up, man. It's terrible. Yeah, we all have bad weather, right? Y'all have like snow and rain. We've not had any snow this year. It's fucking been fucking moose. raining and raining and raining. The main problem I've been having with the this whole framing thing was materials not showing up. The fucking soffit didn't show up for like three weeks, and they have to put it on first because it goes like the soffit goes on and then it curls down, and then the siding goes on over the top of where it curls down. And they didn't, it didn't show up. So they were like, well, we can't only do this much or we can't do this or whatever. It was just fucking annoying. Wow. How does that just not show up though? Like, what, what, what? It was one of those typical things. Like I to asked my, you know, it was one of those things where they were like, well, it's, you know, it's back order. It'll be here whenever. And I was like, all right. And then, uh, you know, I have a general contractor. So he was kind of relaying this to me. Then finally got to the point where it was just kind of getting ridiculous, you know what I mean? And I'm like, dude, you need to go get in their ass. Like, this has to get done. Like, we started this shit. Like, I've been trying to get this fucking thing built for a year, and then everybody drugged their feet, and then it got started in what? October? And it's still fucking dragging on, and it's a goddamn one-room garage, basically. <laughs> it's like... I, I definitely remember when you were like, yeah, I'm going to go to heresy camp. And then I should be able to unpack all of this shit inside. That was my, the goal. That bar. was the fucking plan. And <laughs> goddamn, it's just dragging and dragging. And that so I don't know. September, so October, November, December, January. Yeah, it's been dragging on for about four, four and a half months now. Yeah, it took the same people built my house, and it took them five months. <laughs> they could have had a house built, <laughs> and this is a, just a big ass garage, basically. Yeah. Oh, so. Man. But like I said, all this left is the electrical to put in and then insulation, which I'm going to do myself. And I already have the insulation sitting in my garage ready to go. So I, I'll definitely get that done in a day or two. And then after that, it's just, you know, whatever we decide to go with finish wise on the inside. Oh, the AC has to be put in, but that'll be uh, they'll do that in a day. The guy already has the unit. He's actually going to drop the unit off in my garage. I think uh, next weekend it'll be here. And then he said, whenever I'm ready, he'll just come out. He said they'll have it in in a day. Hmm. Obviously, I need garage doors on it so somebody doesn't just steal it. <laughs> and I also have to have electrical so they can hook it up. 
So just kind of waiting on other things for that to happen. Well, Godspeed, contractors. Godspeed. Looking forward to... Trying to think if there's anything else I've done. Hosting events there. Um, I got my cold paint airbrush. I haven't used it yet, but I do have it. I haven't um, either. <laughs> I'm scared to. <laughs> You're scared? <laughs> like, I don't feel qualified <laughs> to use it. I've been using my Evo, but like, Jesus. Like, I'm just like, you know what? Let me get this down a little bit better. <laughs> So Ben of Dust Fame is supposed to be coming over next weekend and spending the weekend with me. And I'm gonna shit all over. He's new to airbrushing, so um, I'm gonna run him through like basically airbrush basics, get him up to speed on an airbrush. He bought the new cold paint one, so that's probably when I'll use mine. We'll probably sit side by side with our two new cold paint airbrushes, and I'll show him some things. Powerful Ben. I'm looking at his name right now. He was the last call I had on here. (laughs) <laughs> he's uh sometimes my co-host on radio freeze fairground so so yep he's supposed to be here and then we're gonna have game night next saturday too so i told him if he gets here early enough we can do a bunch of painting shit um and get him up to speed and then game night will roll around and we can you know hang out and play games and he can meet everybody and then he's gonna stay the night and then leave sunday afternoon or whatever beat his ass Shit all over. <laughs> we play the same army. Oh, damn it. <laughs> I gotta send you some desert scorpions to to shake it up a little bit. To Just die go. to fucking Falschemjager. Like that's like the worst matchup for those guys, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Bill pretty bad. Bill used them against me and I took like I was trying to not because I think it's I think the drop Falschermager shit's a little boring in dust, to be honest with you. Like, we've talked about that. Like, I picked the army because it looked cool. Um, And then you, like, told me, oh, it's so good. Like, this and that is one of the top whatever. And I'm like, well, I guess that's a bonus. But, you know, I didn't, you know, I just got it because it looked cool or whatever. And then Ben was telling me list, and I kind of learned how to play it, and I started playing it. And I'm like, well, this is kind of fucking lame. Like, I don't scatter. I don't roll to see if they arrive. I don't, I just basically... It's like playing drop pods in Warhammer with no fucking drawbacks. <laughs> yep. So <I> well, <laughs> there's a there's a chance you could do nothing, but Falschermager is like so good at it. They uh they have rules that mitigate that problem. Yeah, it's it's not it's it's pretty fucking silly to be honest with you. Okay, so take 40k or 30 well old 40k and current 30k like drop pods. Imagine instead of just getting half your shit turn one, you have to roll for it, but you get it on a two on a three up, so you get it two thirds of the time. Basically, mm-hmm. that's how basically they work. But when you get them, they don't scatter at all, and you don't like you can like assault. Like, on the turn you arrive, like, there's basically no drawback. It's just, like, put them on the board and start rolling dice. Damn. Yeah. Well, there's a possibility they could come in and just do nothing, like... Well, that's the two-thirds thing. But, like you said, there's characters that stop you from doing that. You can take officers that then just have them reactivate the next turn. Like, there's... It's not that big of a deal. And they're not really that expensive. So anyway, they're kind of, in my opinion, they're boring to play. 
I played him a few times. I was like, eh, I'm all set on this. So I still like the models, and I, I still wanted to play that theme of army. So basically what I do is I usually take, like, maybe two squads that use that airborne shit, and then I take a bunch of, like, uh, the actual rocket pack guys. Wrecking troop. The racking troop. And I do take RSOs, which do have airborne, but I don't... It's one of those things like airborne on those things are actually is actually a drawback because we're, you usually place them really far back, like so far back you could have just drove them into that position, but you have to take the risk that they don't activate when they land. So it's like I wish you could just not use airborne on them. So when I say like I only take two things with airborne, I only take two of like the infantry guys that you literally like drop right on top of somebody. Yeah, and then I then I try to take like RSOs and. Um, my 25% in other stuff and then like a plane or two and then a bunch of the jetpack guys. I really like the jetpack guys. The wrecking troop. They're really, really good. Uh, they're way better in my opinion in, um, open play, like in non gridded, especially when you play with good terrain, they really come into their own because it's easy to get height advantage and you can really take advantage and move around the board with them, especially on a big table. Oh yeah, definitely. Whereas when you're playing, like especially on a big board, like when you're playing like Falschmager, because they have to like fall in at one spot. If the board's yeah. giant, it's like they fall into a spot that you could, you know, just completely avoid, and then they're just left running around. Right. They have to come down from the building, and then as soon as they're out in the open, you light them up one time, they're dead because they're glass. Yeah, they the paper. They they die pretty easy, but um. But yeah, anyway, just playing Bill with his Desert Scorpions, I felt kind of bad because it was like, man, this is an awful matchup for him. Yeah. And so. I didn't even like take full advantage of like the full. I wasn't running like a full Falschmager force like a lot of people do. Like if I was doing that, it would have gotten real, real ugly. And it didn't have anything to do with like play skill. It's literally just like every advantage that he has to use in that army is totally mitigated by me just dropping right inside your fucking smoke after your raid move and just like shooting your paper thin guys and fucking killing them. <laughs> just point blank. <laughs> just submachine gun them to death. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I got... So it's funny we brought up Ben. So the last time we recorded... I bitched about like only needing a few units to finish off my current access army for dust. And Ben knew a guy or has a friend or whatever that was selling uh, said unit that the false from Yeager, uh tank hunter guys. So he was able to get those for me. And then I bought a few random odds and ends, like just for fun shit from the guy. Cause I don't own any of the false or any of the, the loofed walkers. I don't think they're very good, but I still wanted to own one anyway, just to have it and mess around with. And then uh, I bought that plane off of him with just the giant fucking bomb on it. Once again, I don't think it's very good, but I think it looks neat and it's conceptually cool. I think I just got one of those today, actually. A Hexy, I think it's called. Yes, that's exactly what I got. And then it also makes the Blitz, the, the Red Blitz or Adder Blitz. I don't know. Yeah, I already have the Bloody Blitz because I have the Baron. It's actually pretty good. I actually like it. The only thing that sucks for me is like I've 
I've played it in two games, and I think he's failed to get his third activation five out of seven rolls. <laughs> Bless his heart. <laughs> Bless his heart. I'm like, you. this is supposed to work two-thirds of the time, and it, I'm two for seven. That is absolutely how statistics works, I guess. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you poor man. So... Yeah, that's pretty much it. As we're doing this podcast, I printed this Uziel. And what happened was the nozzle on the 3D printer was getting plugged. Uh, the nozzle, it was either the nozzle or the end of the Bowden tube down in the hot end was being too constrictive and it was under extruding. So it put really horrible print lines in this and also made it super fragile. And I should have just thrown it away. And reprinted it because it would have been a lot easier and a lot faster. But I wanted to try this putty out and also my puttying skills and just see if I could save it. So where it was really weak, like here, like these were really weak. I literally just because you could just grab them and break them because the layers weren't formed together very well. Mm-hmm. So I grabbed them and broke them and it literally just filled the whole inside with like fucking super glue. Like, just let it run down the interior of the walls, like, all the way around. And then sprayed it with Zip Kicker and made it fucking solid. Basically welded it together on the inside and then glued the cap back on where I broke it. And then on the outside, I've, like, basically just totally covered it in fucking putty and let it harden. And then I'm going back through with uh, hobby knives because the putty is softer than the plastic and essentially re-sculpting it out of my giant fucking blob of putty just to see if I could do it. Jesus Christ. How's that going? <laughs> For real. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, it, it looks like it's going to work. It's kind of hard to tell because it looks weird. Like, when you look at it, you it looks like it's it visually looks rough, but when you feel it, it's not just because the putty and the plastic are different colors. Um, so I think once I prime it and sand it, I don't think you'll be able to tell. No. So. Um, but you can see, I don't know, can you see on that camera how much fucking putty is on this? Yes. it's It looks like one giant uh, mud-dipped mech. Yeah. yeah. It totally didn't look like that until you see the, like the few spots that aren't putty. It's like, oh, the whole thing. Oh, fuck. Yeah. So here, hang on. Let me show you. So the, up, the torso was fine because I printed the torso on a different machine. Just to show you, you can see the legs. <laughs> the torso. Okay, now it's really noticeable. <laughs> that so, makes it so ugly. <laughs> whatever. Everybody loves this thing, Michael. You're the only one that doesn't like it. Do you love that thing, Derek? Are you part of everyone, or are you part of the group? Of... I mean, I don't know enough about BattleTech to really say for sure. Well, just look at it. It's not even like a. It's I mean, not even a. Hang on. Put its head on. Hold on. First off, look at the Kodiak up there. Like, go ahead and look at that. Okay, mech. I don't think that's fair. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That, that's there's a standard of beauty that we have to follow. <laughs> and let's let's look and see if this follows said standard of beauty. That mech is hideous. <laughs> Just because you like a robotic teddy bear, fuck that thing. Look at that thing. That looks like a mech. <laughs> kind of reminiscent of the old dreadnoughts. That looks like a 
robotic teddy bear that caught on fire and all the like the the outside of the teddy bear burned off of it and it's still like an automatic like it's automatron like I love me <laughs> hug me <laughs> and it's like oh my god why aren't you dead <laughs> ugly little thing it's probably badass and I'm just like <laughs> some people are into it <laughs> things trash it's all right it's a cool mech it's uh it's fast it's really fast by inner sphere standards. Um, I have to make that clear that it's by Intersphere standards, but uh, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. I like it. Um, it's a it's what I would call like a medium cavalry mech. It moves uh, six nine, which is fast for an Intersphere medium, and it's got two PPCs, two machine guns, and an SRM six, and an ECM. So, and some jump jets, it's jump capable too. It's a long string of letters. How far can it jump? I think it's 696. Jesus Christ. It can get some air. Boy got ups. (laughs) I uh, definitely been playing the Battletech game, and I definitely, definitely use my jump jets all the fucking time. Can confirm. On everything. It's kind of of funny, because if you're coming from another game system, you always think it's jump jets is like something that helps you farther but that's not really what they're for in Battletech. it's more just positioning that kind of shit yeah it's pretty much like uh your mech has to turn and shit like that or it can just like basically do like a spin move in the air and face anywhere it fucking wants it makes you harder to hit that's a big bonus too yeah it also um like in a city environment or whatever instead of going because you have to count each hex facing of a turn instead of like having to walk all the way around a fucking building, which would take forever. You can just jump over it. Then when you land, face any direction you want, like Michael was saying. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. I like jump jets. I jump over shit all the time. It's true. He does. Anyway, that's pretty much my hobby progress. Um, not been doing a lot of painting, more like building. Uh, putting stuff, 3D printing stuff, uh, helping get the barn squared away, shit like that. Pretty badass. Making stuff out of plastic wire. Yep. Yeah. I uh, So my hobby progress, so we're going, what, two weeks back now. Uh, so I don't know if we talked about this on last time, but I got that hunchback printed up. And had Jake break it all apart, like break all the sports off and all that jazz. And that is the last thing that my printer has printed. I haven't had it running. It's just kind of just doing its thing. Uh, I made a general plea to the TFL members group that if they wanted to buy the buy the filament, that I would let them print whatever the fuck they wanted as far as like Met goes. They just have to clean up the mechs. I will not be doing that. So yep. basically it's like $20 gets you, I would say like five mechs or something like that. Um, I, uh, what you trying yeah. to get them to play 28 mil with you? 28 mil battle tech. Is that the plan? Yeah. And you know what actually made that happen? Like my hunchback, I was like, Oh, this is cool. Like I like my hunchback. He's fucking cool as fuck. He's a, you know, modded up. He's got his own custom double fucking AC-20s on his shoulders. So he's just like this kind of like the classic like 1980s like dude with the 
the ghetto blaster on his shoulder. Like, yep. he's got two of them. It's just like, man, that guy knows what he likes to listen to. <laughs> That's what he looks like. <laughs> and so I got my ghetto blaster mech. And, like, he was cool. And, like, I got all of his legs printed up. I got all of his arms and stuff. Uh, but, like, you know, I wasn't in love with Battletech. And then coming in straight from Hawaii, smelling a little bit like cat pee. I don't know if it was like some condensation or what happened with that whole thing. <laughs> but uh, coming straight from Hawaii, man, I opened up my box and came from beautiful David Marquise. And it was my Kodiak. And immediately, like a child at Christmas, I could not contain myself, ripped that box open, grabbed some glue, grabbed some accelerator and i assembled that whole mech while watching die hard and oh my god i've not seen it fully assembled you haven't seen it assembled hold on i'll show you oh oh you've not posted pictures i posted them to the tfl chat yeah i didn't post it like on our facebook or nothing i'm not in the tfl chat everything everything okay I heard a thud and a shriek. Oh my god! You haven't seen this? No, I. Yeah, you showed it to me. You showed it off every chance you got. Okay, but you have seen it in person for real, right? Yeah, hundred percent. He's doing the the Wolverine. Where he's flipping you off with the claws. Yeah. So my uh, my Kodiak, which is this hundred ton assault mech, which is. Glorious, pretty impressive. Glorious, it. it's right here, right here. Just, just out of frame. Oh, look at that thing! Look how that's a big. Oh, lordy, that's coming. a big bitch. Like if you like for size wise, like what would you say? Like what would you compare something this big to? Like a small cat, I guess would be like a fair <laughs> a small. Size. That's bigger than a small cat. That's a, that's bigger than that's probably bigger than a warhound, wouldn't you think? Oh yeah. I would say, yeah. It's go, sure. go to Walmart and pick up like a Hulkbuster toy, <laughs> and you're not gonna be too far off. Kind of like I guess Chucky from the <laughs> the, the horror movies. <laughs> I don't know. It's a big fucking mech, all it's, right. One sixtieth scale, 3D printed fucking mech. Whatever. Anyway, I get my Kodiak put together, and I'm just like, Jesus Christ! Like I am 100% ready. Way bigger than you thought it was going to be? To to play this thing. I want nine of these Kodiaks. And I want them all to be, like, different colors. And I want them all to, like, be equally as angry as this one. <laughs> and so I went I went, sh- I went, straight back to my little my little painting room, right? And yep. I'm, like, I'm like, let me go ahead and primer up, get it primed. I go to town. I start priming the top half because I plan on doing it that dark blue. Going to put the streak across it, everything like that. And then my cat knocks it over. And <laughs> so you'll notice that he's got the got the uh, X-Men X-Men 2 middle finger. <laughs> it doesn't have the, the three claws. And then this hand also has one claw broken. So I gotta I gotta replace those. Yeah, I gotta replace them with some nails or something like that. Or I could just print up whole new arms. You could probably just cut the claws off and reprint claws. Yeah, you're probably right. That'd be the (laughs) easiest thing. He says breaking the claws off. Yeah, as I break said claws off. 
What blew me away is how light the damn thing is. Yeah. Just broke off all his claws. Uh, it's going to sound bad me saying this because Michael's talking about how his cat broke it or whatever, but they're actually surprisingly sturdy and strong, even being lightweight. It's just like the real thin, flimsy things, which, you know, obviously that would have broke if it was resin or plastic. Oh, yeah. or um, but if you like try to take that, if you had that guy's a piece of his leg or whatever, and you literally held it in both hands and tried to like break it with your hands, I don't think you can do it. It'd be like, uh, like the what's that movie called? Uh, a Napoleon Dynamite. He's like, try and break that. He's like, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> and his wife's all fucking mad at him. <laughs> the Tupperware. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I, I can't. She's all. <laughs> so, yeah, I think the coolest thing about this mech that I got is, all right. So I told Ryan a long time ago. I, was like, I have no intention. To make any of my mechs posable, I'm going to glue them and I'm going to keep them glued. And there's no reason for me to have posable mechs. How's that working out for you? And now I'm like, got this full face full of like humble pie. I'm like, you know what? I gotta eat my, I gotta eat my pride because this fucking like these posable mechs are badass. Like, yeah. The the for one, the supports that Gambody made are incredible. And then, like, the little, like, plugs and, like, layers and, like, the little slots that you put in stuff. Like, it's it's a very, like, st- it's, it's freestanding by itself right now. And, I don't know, like, you can make it do cool stuff. Like, oh, hey, yeah. Derek. Just hope you. <laughs> <laughs> just stepping on shit. Just stepping on things. Hey, hey, bud. Sup? <laughs> so, yeah. It's, uh... It's super cool, man. I love it. Yeah, yeah I'm glad it, you like the posability aspect of it. Because I really... Because I'm printing some that are... Like, this Uziel is actually a 6mm model that I just... I got the STL from a friend of ours for the 6mm version. And just blew it up. This is printed at 500% size. And I was surprised at how much detail it kept. I was worried about it losing detail. But it... I mean, I think it looks pretty fucking detailed for something blown up 500%. Like it looks just as good as like any model kit or whatever you'd buy. Um, but, uh, I don't know where I was fucking going with that. Where, what were we talking about? Oh, you can't, (laughs) these aren't posable. Like they have pegs because this was a six mil model, you know, where you can glue the different parts together or whatever. But as far as like, um, Posing it, there's not really a way to pose it. Yeah, I understand. It's a, uh, I don't know, man. I know people who aren't playing BattleTech are probably like, I don't, I don't give a shit about this or anything like that. But if you were looking at that Kodiak in person, you'd be a lot more interested. <laughs> For real, <laughs> and, right? Though, like, in so my, you posted up pictures of that in the in TFL chat, and everyone's like, oh, oh, ooh, like, hello there. Like in my head, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna print up some 160 scale BattleTech stuff. I'm just gonna ship it all to Ryan's house. It's gonna live at Ryan's house, and then like I will get to play with it while I'm there. And like now, I'm like, damn, dude, we really need to get some people moving. Put one here. of those at the shop. People will be interested. <laughs> yeah, we, like we, what the fuck is that? Definitely. It's like, how do I buy that? It's like, well, good news. <laughs> how much is that? One, two, two hundred, two fifty. 
<laughs> Technically five dollars. You just have to do <laughs> five dollars in a jar of elbow grease. <laughs> a big old jar of hobby. So so yeah, I mean I'm I'm real happy with it. I think these mechs look pretty fucking awesome. And I'm having the same experience here. I put these ones that I printed up in my game club chat and people who didn't care about Battletech or whatever were sick of me talking about it were now wanting to get on the Battletech train. And Scott, were you here when I was shitting on Nick? Because Nick was making fun of how Battletech looked and this and that. And then he was wanting to play and he was like, woo, if this and that. And I'm like, what do you mean this and that? Like he was wanting me to like be accommodating. And I'm like, Nick, I'm not going to be accommodating. You're going to have to make it happen. And he's like, what do yeah. you mean? I'm like, well, we got people that are playing. We don't really need you. So. Sorry, bro. <laughs> <laughs> we are at you, capacity. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you, you can get on or get off. I don't really give a fuck. I ain't making it any easier on you. <laughs> Sorry, bud. <laughs> Free tickets are gone. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't care. We're, we, we got what we needed, so you can play or you don't. I don't really care. But it was pretty funny. I was making him laugh. Nick's like my little brother. So, yeah. So that is what I've been working on. Uh, today, I actually went to Houston, and we went to that boat show. And while I was there, like, I would say probably... Six months ago, five, six months ago, before Heresy Camp, I had a, I bought this huge dust lot off this guy in Houston, and like it was such a good deal. I was like, yeah, I'll buy that. And he's like, okay, cool. When do you want to pick it up? I was like, uh, I was like, let me arrange for somebody to pick it up because I'm not going to Houston anytime soon. And I was like, it was just like like such a good deal where I was like, man, I'll find something to do with all these models, and. uh like he's like yeah well just let me know i'm in no hurry and then it just like this was like before heresy camp and i literally just picked it up today and it's just a shitload of dust stuff it's like a huge that huge plastic tupperware box that i have in the living room yeah like, all full of new in box dust stuff like it any is... premium stuff or is it all no 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 it's all uh it's all unpainted uh unpainted uh, some miniature market stuff, but like it's a lot of like the older like uh, big walkers, like the Koenig's Luther, and I think there's a uh, a Punisher in there. There's a whole mm. bunch of the heavy rangers. It's just a it, it's like some Axis stuff. I just bought a whole bunch of stuff, like a, a whole bunch of scenery and terrain and stuff like that. And so I uh, I bought it when I thought I needed it, and now I. Like, man, well, I don't know what I'm going to do with this shit, but we'll, uh, we'll see what happens there. If anybody wants some cheap dust, hit me up. <laughs> we might be you got any Heinrichs in there? Or not? What are they? The little uh, Hermans, the little the German Hermans. walker with the single laser with the that's, enclosed cab. That's a Herman. Herman. You got any Hermans? Uh, maybe. I might. I'll have to check. I need to take inventory yet. I have not taken inventory yet. I just remember I seeing two. a big giant list, and I was like, I'll take it. At that price, I'll take it. I need two of them, and I need to figure out how to do a Babylon paint scheme on them. Okay. If I see one in there, I will let you know immediately. So. But, yeah, I picked that up today. Um, as well, 
I downloaded this application that for all you 3D printers out there I might want to look into. Uh, the application is called Clone, but with a Q instead of a C. So Q-L-O-N-E. And uh, what Clone does is you print out a grid, which is like a black and white checkered grid, and it has all these like Q marks on it. You print that out on a piece of paper. You put that on a table with a ton of lighting, and then you take whatever you want, and you put it on there, and then you take your phone's camera, and I think it's like preferable, like you have to have like a 10 megapixel camera or something like that. I don't know. And you walk around this model, and it puts a like a altered reality uh, dome over it, and augmented augmented reality dome over it, and it takes away chunks and like lets you know like you've completed this section or you've completed this section. And when you're done with it and you're done doing this scan of the model, then you can take that and you export it as an STL and print it. And so it's uh like I was thinking to myself like I don't plan on like scanning you know a space marine or like you know uh, a dust model, but I do have these uh these dust buildings, like these dust uh, destroyed buildings and stuff like that, that I thought to myself, I could just, you know, Clone. 3D model myself. You just put, pop them in the old replicator. But as pop them in the old replicator 9000. I'm not going to lie. I'm very tempted to do like a Warhound or a Warlord uh-huh. and then just film a video, like just film a video of me doing it and do like a, what do you, like those fast videos. What are those things called? Time lapse. Time, I do like a time lapse of me like filming it and then printing it and making it really nice and then just setting it in the driveway and then beating the fuck out of it with a ball bat and then just looking in the camera and go Forge World we don't need you and then it just cuts and then send it to them. That's so salty. That's the saltiest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Pure because spite. I'm petty and my family is yep. petty too. <laughs> yep. yep. Not gonna lie. That's the first thought that jumped in my head when you said that. Just saying, just throwing it out there. <laughs> and now, and now, Mister Honky, I'm gonna shoot you, <laughs> pow. <laughs> so, but anyway, uh, so I thought is because I plan on like we're gonna probably do this Radio Free Sphericrod Nationals whenever Ryan gets his dust barn going, or his, I'm sorry, his his game barn done. It's supposed. And, to, it should be done. I'm I'm gonna fucking Jump down his throat tomorrow, but I like very, very early February is the goal, and I'm gonna tell him, look, we got to get this fucking thing done. I'm tired of waiting on it. Like, there's no reason it can't be done. This electrician guy should be able to get done in a couple days. I can insulate it in a couple days. My friend can put the air conditioner in in a day, and then all that's left is finishing the inside, which shouldn't take, you know, a day or two. So let's just fucking get it done. You should hire another subcontractor. To build a exact replica barn next to theirs. <laughs> Faster. <laughs> Faster. <Yeah. laughs> Make them really well, nervous. Send me a check. And <laughs> because I'll, I'm petty. That happen. <laughs> <laughs> I got. I bought this giant 3D printer. And we're yeah. making our own game barn. <laughs> we're just going to print our own fucking game barn. Uh, so anyway. So I figured, man. If I can get this like 3D terrain designed up and printed pretty like nicely i could just send you the stl and let the old kimmel works go to town and just like 
show up and just have a bunch of 3D printed terrain ready to go. I mean, it's got to be painted, painted though. Uh, yeah, it won't be. Don't or, know. We ain't doing no. <laughs> or will it? <laughs> it's chaos. Yeah, but it's paint. It's painted easy. It's not like those. They're they're sand huts. So are you doing um? Are we doing gridded or not gridded? Gridded, sir. Eh, all right. Can you not use like normal terrain on gridded shit? Because I have tons of normal terrain. Yeah, of course we could. Oh well, then just I have plenty of terrain then. Yeah. Yeah. There's certain scenarios that require this specific type of terrain, and okay, I got you. Makes sense. That's the only reason why I've even considered printing up what would be hundreds of little half buildings. (laughs) Literally hundreds. (laughs) Literally hundreds of half buildings. So, but yeah, so that's pretty much what I've been working on. I've been doing a shit ton of stuff to this Jeep, so like that's uh, that's been taken up way too much time and then boat stuff and like i got a little baby boat <laughs> so it's it's tiny it should not fit me in a little it's like a, have i talked about that little boat at all is it one of those pelican things like my dad has it exact well it is a pelican and yeah. it's from like 1970 and oh, my dad his was not from 1970 it was from like 2001 but is, it, is your dad's plastic yeah it's okay, like a, no. yeah it's like a rubbery plastic okay so mine's fiberglass which is the worst type of boat you could ever buy if you're like, <laughs> <laughs> like i get it every, all the nice boats are made of fiberglass but if you go little fiberglass is your like worst enemy just buy aluminum at that point now it's a little fiberglass boat man and uh like i got my jeep wagoneer and the plan is like I'm going to pull the boat with the Wagoneer. I'm going to like go fishing. And it's going to be like Tommy Boy because I'm such a big dude and that boat's so little that the boat's just going to like <laughs> just kind of like be, be at its own little angle. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a good time. So that's been taking up all my weekend time. I think all last weekend was like every day was spent doing that. And then uh, this weekend was cooking brisket. I made the worst brisket of my life yesterday. Pretty fucking awful. I'm fully <laughs> in there. Like my little brother, my little brother works at this at this place called Uncle Mutt's Barbecue. My little brother makes barbecue all fucking day. Professionally, right? professionally right. makes barbecue. And I made this brisket yesterday, and he comes over to my uh, to me at the chair, and he goes, "Hey, uh, is when's the brisket gonna be done?" And I said, why do you care? You work at a barbecue restaurant. And he goes, I don't want any of our barbecue. I want some of your barbecue. And I was like, you little shit. Like, you know, like all chummy. I'm like, it'll be done by, you know, four o'clock. Like, he's like, all right, cool. We'll save some for me, please. I said, okay. My little brother goes off to work. And I'm like, like, you feel good. You're like, (laughs) my little brother cooks brisket for a living. And like, he want, like, he's like, save some of your barbecue for me, Michael. And I was like, all right. And then I go out and I go pull this brisket and I completely tried something completely different. Like I followed this Harry Sue competition trimming method with like the Harry Sue rub and like a, an injection I've never used before. And I just totally fucking bombed dude. Like it tasted like ass 
it like it it was like it was like not tender at all and i was like oh my god what have i done i've butchered this fucking brisket but the burnt ends came out perfectly like the the points which is like the fatty side came out perfectly so i cut all that off and like trimmed it and like put it in a box and my dad was like does this brisket taste good does the, the point taste good i said yes but that's nicholas's and don't tell him there was anything other than this. Like, don't, <laughs> like, just, don't you fucking don't you take the curtain down? Like you like you keep the faith in that boy. So yeah, that brisket was trash. That's in my fridge if you want some brisket, Derek. You can oh actually take all of it. Oh my god, thank you. <laughs> so broke my heart. But Ryan, you got a smoker, man. Aren't when when are we gonna start breaking that in? Um, I'm wait once again. I'm waiting on the barn. I'm gonna put it out there. It's gonna be its permanent home out there on the the mega deck, mega deck 1.0. That's awesome. Does she keep hitting the Xbox? Is that what that noise is? I think so. <laughs> oh, she knows if she does that, it starts to get warm. <laughs> she knows if she pushes her butt against that little button, it'll turn the Xbox on and she'll get warm. Uh, so yeah i'm ready to i'm ready to get you smoking ryan ready to get you smoking i'm ready for it too and although harry sue is the number one fucking brisket cooker in the fucking world don't buy his fucking don't buy his his uh brisket rub because it makes your shit taste like ass (laughs) of course he's not gonna sell you what he actually uses (laughs) he didn't want other people beating him <laughs> it's so crazy. funny. It's so funny because if you go to his YouTube channel, he's like, "This is how you cook competition brisket." Other people might tell you to do this, but they're wrong. I'm number one USA. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's, like, he's a he's an Asian guy from California. He's a uh, oh. he's a uh, he's a, a programmer from California, and he cooks on this like Weber Smoky Mountain like 18 inch like little like smoker. Like he doesn't yeah. cook on a, like a giant pit like all these other like dudes cook on jambos and shit. He yeah. cooks on this like tiny little smoker, <laughs> and he's just like, "Yeah, I cook 350 degrees real quick." You know, if uh, he goes, "You might use parquet." He's like, "He's like, I use parquet." Uh, some people might tell you use butter because it's better. They're wrong. Uh, I'm number one USA. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's like, "I'm number one USA." Like, says it all the time. Like, that's his like. He's like, "Well, you know, you could do it this way, but then you'd be doing it wrong because I'm number one USA." And you're just like, oh, <laughs> "Fuck me, dude. All right, cool." And there was Amber <laughs> uh, Aaron Franklin. Uh well technically him like he's like the like number one USA like world champ like not USA. world champion <laughs> like a US champion like a brisket smoker brisket pork and pork butt and pork rib and like that's beating Johnny Trigg is beating Myron Mixon he went to the Johnny Trigg rib cookoff and beat Johnny Trigg in his own fucking cookoff for ribs and Johnny Trigg is like known for his fucking ribs yeah dude I don't know dude like I don't know what this Harry Sue is doing. But he's not fucking selling that shit. Whatever, whatever <laughs> he put on the market. Hell no, he's, he, not. he's he's not like he's just like shitting on his competition. Like he's like, yeah, do this. They're so stupid. They're they're trying it. So never again. Oh, yeah. I remember the neighbor from King of the Hill. Yeah, it's like yeah, exactly what it is. A uh, uh, con, con from King of the Hill. <laughs> you could do it like this, but you'd be doing it like stupid rednecks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So, so anyway, so yeah, so I did that yesterday and did not want to take the magic away from my little brother, so I only fed him the good part. And so he does not know that I failed horribly at making brisket <laughs> yesterday. Yeah, it's okay because he doesn't listen to the podcast. 
Oh, oh my god. <laughs> cut, cut the feed. Cut the feed. Uh, so anyway. So yeah, that's what I've been up to. Uh, if any of you guys out there uh, own or want to sell a Jeep Grand Wagoneer, if you want to sell its parts or you want to sell anything, let me know because I am looking for seats. I'm looking for seats and trim. I have a 1982 Jeep Grand Wagoneer Broham edition. That's right, Broham. <laughs> Speaking of selling shit, my blood angels are finally gone. They're on their, their new home. Bailed off. Gone. So it's all my Battlefleet Gothic stuff. <laughs> well, nice. I'm happy for you. I'm, uh, I'm happy for me, too. It was a... It was a I'm, I'm just glad. I'm happy for you. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, okay. So we did get a voicemail. This did come in from... It's not letting me play it like it normally does. Hold on. Go ahead and look this over. And we just got one voicemail, and then that's it. Let me see if it lets me play it now. There it is. <laughs> All right. Golden Throne. Oh, it's AJ. Oh, it's AJ from the Boys of the Golden Throne. I just am listening to part two of the epically long I Horse podcast, listening to Ryan, and just heard the bomb drop of possible tenderloins being catered to uh, Heresy Camp, a.k.a. War Games Camp. Oh, boy. And Emily's going to be doing the food. I cannot wait. This is going to be so awesome. Okay, follow-up question. Is there a pool at said camp? And second follow-up question, when will the Vintour pool party be taking place? Is it going to be the kind of thing where we only have a two-hour window, three days in the camp, infected by mosquitoes, or are we going to have some, like, legitimate pool party action? I can just see Vince wearing, like, a a fedora, just chilling out, serving drinks. Uh, Fill me in, boys. I'll talk to you soon. Peace. So first question, will there be a pool there? There is a pool there. It will not be open because the camp is in September and you don't have open pools in September in Indiana. They said if the weather was good, they could keep it open for us, but we'd have to pay extra. And we currently don't even have the money to run the camp because we've only sold 22 tickets. So just saying, we have to hit that 35 mark. And then once we go past that, we can start adding shit. Like a pool <laughs> for the powerful Vincenzo pool party. We'll bring an inflatable and his fedora, his we'll, giant we'll inflatable fedora. We'll figure something out. So that is AJ's question, and that's it. That's all we got. Unless we have some questions inside the chat, I know somebody had asked. Oh, we went on uh, Outer Circle, me and Scott, to talk about the camp and um, all the classes and stuff I'm hosting here. And then Maca erased all the audio. So. No! <laughs> nice, nice. I've done that before. I've done that two hours into me and Ryan recording. And like, wait, was it me, Ryan? Was it Scott? Were you there too? Were you part no, of the show? No, it was already? me and you. Oh man, I felt so shitty after that. <laughs> like I was like, 
no way did that just fucking happen. And it was like the second time we were like l- a lot less like enthusiastic about recording. <laughs> Jesus, that sucks. Well, because we've already said everything because you go through and you have the natural flow of like your natural talking points and this and that. And you act ex- well, you don't act excited. You actually are legit excited for what the other person's talking about. And then you have to do it again and talk about the same shit and you can't. Like, what are you, you're going to fake it? Like, we're not professional actors. It's not like, <laughs> oh, really? You did that? Awesome. Man, that looks really good. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, that's all we got, man. That's it. That is it for this episode. Unless you guys want to add something. Um, No. Sign up for all the classes I'm hosted and sign up for camp. That's all I have to add. Hey, Michael, you remember this? Remember? See what it's doing? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Put a, uh, <laughs> go get a, go get a Thunderbolt and put it directly under it and, and then we'll <laughs> smash the flat. <laughs> then, then smash the fuck out of it. And then, hey, guys, I'm here to pick you up. Where's everybody at? Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, ha- have that been said on this fucking podcast? What? No, I don't there? think so. I don't think so. Okay, Ooh. guys. Well, so let me hit y'all with this real quick. If you guys are playing Battletech, the video game, let me just go ahead and explain to you that the Leopard that or Jeopard is it not Leopard? Is it a Jeopard? No, it's it's Leopard. It's actually a Leopard in the game. Hardware Studios calls it Jeopard. Okay, okay. So the Leopard, which is your little ship that drops off a uh, your little gang of mechs. Or Lance, or whatever it's called. Your posse. Your posse. It drops it off at at the battleground, and uh, drops you off, picks you up. It's pretty good about keeping an eye out where mechs are and all this stuff. But for some reason in the game, it isn't like the the guy or I'm sorry, the girl who controls said mech or said leopard doesn't pay fucking attention to where she's landing. And in the game, if your mech is standing too close where to where this asshole is supposed to land, it'll land around right your mech and kill it. Now, unfortunately for me, uh, I had a mech warrior inside of it named Possum. Okay, and now Possum was probably one of the most optimistic and friendly mech warriors I've had in this game. And and the Battletech game is very good about giving uh, everybody personalities. You saw me play with Possum, right? I want to say, yeah, before you get over here. Yeah. Do you remember uh, the guy that I was like, this is probably my favorite mech warrior because it sounds like he's voiced by Paul Rudd? Oh, that was Possum? That was Possum. Oh, no. And so, oh, so, <laughs> so, so I'm playing this game, right? And I'm in probably it's it, like all the missions are. Is that what the shit over here is with the photo and like the candles going? Yeah, that's what that is. So, the whole mission's purpose was like, like, well, the mission's difficulty they judge it by skulls, and like one skull or like half a skull is like not a very hard mission. Well, this was a four skull mission, so like, my whole team was taking an ass whooping, right? And so we get our asses, like, fucking done, and there is literally 
one more mech to kill and it's got no arms. I think it was a commando running around. And so I was like, okay, perfect. I was like, we like this commando is running around armless. I don't have to worry anymore. Let me just go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and move possum towards the landing zone so he can get saved and I'll kill this thing and then we'll just get the fuck out of here. And already everybody in my Lance is fucked up, dude. I think I already like I ejected like it was it's a horrible, horrible mission where I was just get my hand my ass handed to me, but I didn't have any casualties. And then lo and behold, man, my shitty fucking leopard driver comes in and lands on possum. And I could not process what had happened. I was like <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, well, that's probably a glitch. And so I leave the game, <laughs> right? And and the thing is, Battletech offers this thing called Iron Man mode. And when you play Iron Man mode, that's it. When people die, they die forever. Game auto saves. There's no there's auto saves. There's no of you don't get to save on your own. Like if people die, they're gone. And then so this leopard just lands on fucking possum, kills him. And then I like my next screen is possum killed in action. And I literally quit that fucking game for like five <laughs> days. Like I was like, fuck this game. Fuck everything about this game. I'm done. And like now, now I play, I don't give a shit. I send people to their deaths all the time now. I'm like, get that locust up there. You're a fucking I'm paying you twenty thousand dollars a year to get it like to or twenty thousand dollars a month. You get that locust go scout for me and they'll get iced immediately i'm like fuck that dude like i have i'm like the cruelest like warrior like like i give no shits now i, I run a hard ship now ever since possum left nothing was right on the fucking argo that's for damn sure. <laughs> my favorite part of all this is you can't even fire your leopard driver you have to just keep her employed Dude, it's, I have to keep seeing her. Talk about it? Is she ever like, oh yeah, sorry? <laughs> it's it's like she doesn't even know. If like literally in that game, that game is so like you pick all the mech warrior pilots. You can dismiss all the mech warrior pilots. You can train them. You could kind of like punish them by like sending them to their death and shit like that. But my leopard pilot, man, she's like, she's there. She's there forever. I had one fucking mech warrior pilot who was super pessimistic. He was just a shitty fucking attitude, and I'd always put him in a commando, and I'd run him forward. Like, he'd get his ass whooped, and, like, right when he's about to die, like, he's on three injuries, I'd fucking eject him. Like, no, nah, motherfucker, like, you got many more missions left in you, boy. <laughs> like, you don't get to die today. And, and, and But her, no. And you have to keep her. You have to fucking keep this bullshit-ass pilot who landed on Possum, who was... Honestly, the the glue holding the entire crew together. To be honest, yeah. <laughs> I like that Michael's bitching that this dude's pessimistic, but then he treats him like shit. It's like it's very much like the beatings will continue until morale improves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, you're gonna talk shit like that in front of me? Like it's literally like the he has no fucking like <laughs> like the game will throw you like random as like, hey, did you know that uh fucking like kill streak was in the in this room and she was fucking around with a laser do you want to let her keep the laser and always like yeah i've all fucking your initiative you're taking that laser apart you can have it oh you lost the laser but you gained two tech points good job girl and it's always you know this fucking dude i whatever the hell his name what's his name it's like warsaw or something like that he's like would you know warsaw is you know being a little bitch on the crew and he's causing problems what do you want to do it's like beat his ass like (laughs) 
Warsaw's morale is down by two. It's like, I don't give a shit. He's going into commando. He's going Put to the death. To him. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, man. You got you to bring morale down. And then it was like, man, when you play with possum, like they have their own little voices. And what's crazy is like, like you have this, you have this thing on there. That's like, it's your, it's your morale. And you get like 25 points of like a, of morale every turn. And so what they do is they have a, uh, they have one of your mech warriors. He's like, come on guys, we can do it. And this was like, they just like, it's like, well, possum's clearly the best person to do this. He's like, yeah, fuck. Yeah. Let's fuck them up guys. And then it was like, you'd see all of your mech warriors, like they'd like ding and like, yeah, their morale is high. It's like all their morale is good. And you're like, fuck yeah, they're going to be great. They're going to be doing great. And it's like, now he's like, that was, that was the magic. And so now it's just like, it's not having fun. It's not, it's not running my own business. It's like, hey, we got a fucking job to do. Get out there. If none of y'all come back, I don't give a shit. Like, I feel like I'm now, uh, I'm like Planet Express. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> good news, everyone. Like, we got another mission. We got to transport these medicines. <laughs> like, and if you don't all come back, well, that's not a problem because we got paid up front. Like, <laughs> so. Yeah, that's my spieler battle tech. Don't go run under a fucking leopard. It'll take all the progress you've put into your favorite mech warrior and fucking break shove it out the window. Break your fucking heart. So I guess that is a legit glitch in the game. And Chris Duncan was saying to avoid it, you just when you move into the when you go to the extraction place, you stand at a very certain specific point on the extraction zone, and it won't and it can't happen. But when it does, you better hope you're not fucking playing Iron Man mode. Basically, <laughs> basically tears your heart out. Stop <laughs> on it, dude. For real. Damn it! I was fucking over Possum, and here we are bringing him back. What a good character. What a. And what's funny is like he's not even a main character. This isn't some dude that the game like made up to make him super quirky. <laughs> it was like the amalgamation of like some weird, weird like just computer generated like personality that was like. Hey, yeah, this seems just like hit all the right parts of the algorithm. Hit all the right parts of their algorithm and just fucking ruined my life. <laughs> God damn. Like the computer, what is it called when it generates it? Uh, mathematically generates it. Procedurally. Procedurally generated me the perfect fucking mech warrior pilot and this bitch fucking landed on him. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> oh, I miss Possum. He was like my best friend. <laughs> He'd be out here helping with the Jeep. If I could upload his <laughs> if I could upload his soul into my Jeep, I would. God damn it. What's that crappy Russell Crowe did so Washington movie where they prints him out of the computer? I have no Virtuosity. Idea what That's what Michael needs is the virtuosity computer. Literally anything. God damn, I miss Possum. Alright, well, let's end this. Let's end this stupid podcast on this. I'm going to go beat some animals. He's going to go pound back some whiskey. <laughs> Slam back some whiskey and fucking beat the shit out of some living creatures. I'm <laughs> just going to listen to every rose has its thoughts. Just cry. Just cry. Let every cowboy. Things are sad, sad song. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we'll catch you guys later. Yeah. Bye.